welcome back to the House of Grouse Studio One. This is the Granny Sports Podcast powered by Three Cobs Brew for the People and Paddy the Baker, your local baker. Uh, this is the the EPL special that we were talking about in the last episode. Uh, we're fresh off the Arsenal Man United game. So we'll pick apart that game and uh, we've got a few other topics either. We've got our special guests, uh, the two Arsenal fans, the happy lads, Johnny and Devanzo. Welcome to the building, boys. How are we? Yeah, good, good. Thanks for having us, boys. Cheers yeah. for having us, fellas. Yeah. Keen to um, rip in and have a bit of a chat. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm not really, so... <laughs> you wouldn't be, would you, after that performance? Right, good day, fellas. I'm here too. <laughs> the other United fan. Right, we're just going to get started. We'll go through a run-through of the game. Johnny, give us your thoughts of the game. Cheers, bro. Yeah, so I think the first half we showed that the players were pressing, playing for the team. Everyone was doubling up on United's attackers and they just didn't have anything. Probably could have taken more chances in the first half, I think. Lacazette, Aubameyang, even Pepe with that second one that hit the post. Um, but yeah, finally got the win. Back in the top half of the table. It was like when they showed those chances at half-time. It's just five or six yeah. clear-cut chances for Arsenal. And then we had that one that in, in the, the first 30 seconds. Yeah. And that was just a ball that sort of rebounded to us when the, the game yeah. wasn't even... Wasn't even set. Yeah. Just gave um, Kalashnach way too much space eh, in the first half. Like yeah. he moved the ball down the pitch so easily. Yeah, just bombing through. And um, obviously that set up our chances. But I thought it was a different game in the second half. You guys probably pressed us a bit more in the second half. Um, that obviously showed because we didn't have as many shots on target. But yeah, you guys lost the game for yourselves in the first half. Like take nothing away from Arsenal. We played well, but you know our goals came off the back of. You know, a pretty poor performance from you guys, especially in the first half. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, what do you think of Arteta so far, boys? Oh, it's hard to say, mate. He's only been there for a couple of weeks, but, you know, like, it's obviously promising, like, to get that win after, you know, not winning at home since early October. Like, it's good to start off a year fresh with, obviously, you know, a win with one of the bigger clubs in the Premier League. But, you know, you got to give him some time. you got to remember that none of the players in the current squad are his players. And he's only been in charge for, what, two weeks now? So, Three matches, yeah. yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's so easy to, as well, to fall in love with, like, like every, you see it with so many clubs, when they get a new manager and they, they have a bit of success. Like, we, like when Oli first came in, we, what, we won nine out of our first ten games or something like that. Yeah, and that's we just it. Had a, everyone was in love with him. Like, I was as well. And, like, I've still, I still back him. And it's only now, really after this match, that seeing and thinking about there is no other tactic Maybe yeah. not the one. Yeah, yeah. but because um, yeah, we went on a massive losing run after that, but we'd already given him the contract. Yeah. Then after, and we'll, like, it's technically, it was 10 matches, but it was still the honeymoon period. Um, but even for, like, it's, like, if you say that now, you, you have to be careful, you can't fall in love with Arteta straight away. That performance just looked like nothing I'd seen from an from Arsenal, from Arsenal yeah. for a while. No, 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 it was before that match against Chelsea was like it, and you just run out of puff. There was probably yeah. a bit of that as well, that's why, why you sat back. It was the same as well, though. Like, obviously, Oli came in as a caretaker. Like, Fred came in as a caretaker for us as well. But I just didn't... No one really noticed a change in the, the work ethic of the squad or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, they sort of just looked the same squad as when they were, you know, with Emery. Yeah, sweet. So, another thing I thought as well was that you could tell when Emery was... At Arsenal for a year and a half, they really tried to play it out the back, 
and it just never worked. Like every goal kick we had, it was going to soccer kick. He'd pass it back to Leno, who'd give it to Luis and give the ball away. And now you can see the wing backs and the centre mids are actually dropping in the right places and getting the ball through to Ozil, and that just opens up the that, play a lot more. Yeah, that was the first time I've watched Arteta as a head coach, and he killed it. I thought like you just seen that they had a plan, like. One thing that a lot of United fans have been complaining about is we don't have a style of play other than counter-attacking. So yeah. it was good seeing that they've given him confidence, uh, giving him a go, basically, and just saying, yeah, oh, and you, you have can a chance. See, you can see that Torreira, for example, under Emery, he's playing in the final third all the time. And today, he's always sitting back. And every time we're in your half and a loose ball came out from your defender, he's winning the 50-50. And then he's getting it out to the wingers or Ozil, whoever's playing in the number 10 role. And that wasn't happening with Emery. So it's good to see that they've kind of recognised that he's a DM and not a fucking number 10. <laughs> that's, what, um, that's what surprised me, like just touching on you saying that uh, Man United are criticised criticised for only having counter-attack. You, I've barely counted us today at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, strange to see. Uh, I think that there was just, there was no energy in our performance whatsoever. And it was like... Um, we sort of set up that way again like how we'd always done against the big six but like it was it was different we weren't you weren't sort of losing the ball and then if we, you lost we could get it to someone wide like Rashford or to like even if like if Lingard could play football give it to Lingard but it was sort of it was either you'd lose it it'd go like to like a throw or a corner yeah. a goal kick or there was still enough pressure there and you had enough numbers around the ball where we'd have to clear it and yeah. we couldn't get it to someone so they, you didn't see Rashford at all with 20 yards of space in front of him, maybe once or twice. Yeah, he, well, but, if Arsenal lost it, it was in the in their final third. That's where they went right, and then... Yeah, not yeah, not in midfield. Yeah, so... <laughs> the other thing that surprised me is... I mean, I didn't really notice it too much in the game itself, but Mesut Ozil almost running 11.5 Ks and making the most metres covered out of any other player on the ground. Yeah, I just I don't know, I just didn't really notice it when we we're actually watching the game, but it's pretty um out of character for him. And yeah. I could reflect it because he had a good game. So it'll be interesting to see whether that's something that he's gonna, you know, try to put into his game week in, week out, or it's just, you know Yeah. And you, you another see, inconsistent sort of thing about him. Yeah, you could see there are a lot of times where a Bamiang and Ozil were playing like left or right back basically to kind of cut out those balls which doesn't happen as much but when you do everyone starts working together more they get the ball forward and they start playing with more confidence I thought defensively as well Aubameyang was heaps good today yeah. heaps good it's a, I think it's a, it's a kind of a concern because he's not playing up front so he doesn't get that many goals in front playing as the number 9 but I guess he does drop and defend more which we kind of need at the moment to when, shore that up but now Aubameyang was there Dorman he Mainly played off the right up until maybe his final season. Yeah. So he's in naturally a winger, you could say. Yeah. No, he can play on, on the flanks as well. He does look good there. All right, Scotty, tell me your thoughts on um, the Pogba situation at the moment. What's the go there? Do you think he's actually injured? Do you, do you think he's trying to get I, away? I think, or? I, think he's, I think he's probably picked up. Well, he's probably not fit enough, obviously, to start. He came, he came off. He had a half an hour against Bournemouth and then the... Uh, Second half against um, who did we beat the other day? Uh, it was Burnley. Ah, uh, Burnley. No, no, no sorry, no, it was the game of Newcastle. Newcastle. But um, 
Yeah, I th- maybe he has picked up a knock, but I, I don't think he'd be sitting out, like sitting out to negotiate with other clubs and put feelers out there, as they say. But um, no, I, I think he'll come back. I think he'll keep playing. He'll play for the rest of the year. It probably looks like he will leave at the end of the season. I don't want him to go. He's clearly our best player. He didn't miss him for months, and then he came back. You just want him to be there 100 percent i want you just want him to we need quality That's but you just want it, you just want him to come out and just say look i'm 100 here for the next for the rest of my contract oh, yeah exactly and, and like, if you're playing for a club play for the fucking club i understand if you're unhappy but i don't think he's unhappy i just think he's better he's such a good player he doesn't need to be trying to drag a team out of the shit yeah he could be Winning, winning at, um, at, at, a, at a bigger club, yeah, and then like you, and you look and you like the players around him, and you think, fuck, if I'm, oh, all I needed there was a one-two to score a goal, Jesse Lingard airstring the fucking ball, like that'd be frustrating at the same time, and like it was frustrating today seeing because I thought, I like I thought he's back, and then he, yeah, he didn't play the last game against Burnley, but you think that'd be a great game for him to come in and try and put his foot down and say I'm back, and even if he could have a rip of performance, then that could seal like a deal to a, a bigger club, because it was just frustrating today seeing Lingard starting. In the ten, when you think, oh, like obviously McTominay's injured as well. Give it, That's give us a rant about Lingard, please. Go on, he's I know you want to do it. Like he's just got, <laughs> he's got absolutely nothing. Twenty nineteen was not his year. Twenty twenty will also not be his year. What about twenty twenty one and the rest of the decade? No, or maybe if he's playing in the A League and he's doing stepovers at Adelaide United, he might score a couple of goals. But that's about it. Would you but buy his jersey? He did not score a goal. He did not have an assist. And like I said it before, it's not because he sits on the bench and he comes and plays the last ten minutes. He started a lot of games. And you think the only player at the moment in contention for that number 10 position is Pereira because Pogba's been out. And then Pereira's better. He tries harder and he does. He has better moments and he's classier on the ball. But um, All right, let me yeah. ask you this question. It's just shit. You're, you're next fixture. You get a penalty in the opening minute. Who takes it, Fred or Lingard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, if you watched the highlights It wouldn't even be in the highlights But if you watched this game We got a free kick In the 94th minute And it was Pereira and it, Spread over the ball He kicked the winning um, Penalty goal for For England in the World Cup He did oh, Yeah went straight over the post Sailed Over the black oh, yeah, dot that one, Yeah he, he got the two point conversion. In the Rugby World yeah. Cup <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trust anyone anymore, As far as I could tell Anyway no, Just awful what do you boys think about so, Lingard? What do you say as a non-United, non-United fan? So unfortunately, for an, as an Arsenal fan, Lingard's the guy that comes, scores a goal, does his stupid dances. The Millie Rock. The Millie Rock. <laughs> and everyone, everyone hates him. But in a, in a non-biased perspective, I think he is shit. <laughs> and he offers nothing to United. And if he wasn't there from a young age and from, yeah. from the academy, every United fan would want him out and would want him gone from a long time ago. It is that thought, oh, I think, yeah, I'm not really rate him as a player. I mean, he's been all right against us the last few years, um, bar today, obviously. I think he definitely has some passion for Man United. And I do think he genuinely loves the club. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, so do I, though. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, um, yeah... When it comes to his footballing skills, yeah, nah, not really rating, mate. So if he was a player when Ferguson was around, he probably would have kept him like when he had those few good years. But Ferguson just knew when to ship off players. Just went, all right, you're done now. All right, see ya. Yeah. But usually these are the games where he performs, where he can press and there's a little bit of space. But none of that was allowed today anyway. And the two chances he did get in the first five minutes, he passed the ball behind players. Yeah. 
And even even when he was when Mourinho was there, all the big games that Mourinho started in, he'd get subbed off at sixty minutes. Yeah, because he wasn't up to the pace yeah. of the game. He just wasn't performing. All right, boys, talk to me about the star performance today from Pepe. Pepe was in everything in that first half today. He was unreal. He deserved that goal too. Obviously, I don't know. He hasn't he hasn't had a bad season, obviously, but he hasn't been consistent. And I think it'd be good for his confidence. New manager um, gets a goal. Yeah, before well, when did he come off? Sixtieth minute. Yeah. Um, the sixty minutes he played, he was unreal. I reckon he was one of the best players on the pitch. Bar but Bar Lacazette had, had a blinder. Had Luke Shaw on ice. <laughs> no, I think I think unfortunately for Pepe, when he came, it was a, a time when Emery was playing a very pragmatic way. We weren't really moving the ball forward, and he's the kind of guy that plays in a team where we're pumping the ball forward, moving. There's a lot of chances, but when you're sitting back and passing sideways, it's very hard for him to kind of break down a defence. And if you play teams like Sheffield and Burnley, you're not going to take on four players and get past them each time. So I think he kind of struggled there, but it just shows he's got the quality and he needs to be starting games regularly. Yeah, he definitely looked like, like I, I was asking before, I, I haven't watched, watched a lot of Arsenal matches this year, but all I had was like hearing about was reading was people putting shit on him because he hadn't been scoring goals, but you said the performances were there. And like, obviously his play is get the ball, run at your man, beat him, like get half a yard or get a ball in the box. And that's what he did today and he did it with ease. So and, and he kept doing it. We're going to get them grow under that Arsenal shirt. We give plenty of stick to David Lewis, but today he was good. He got me in the match um, through through good. Sky Sports or whatever channel it was on. Um, and then he talked well at the end. Johnny, I know you don't like him, but um, is he coming around on you? Yeah, since since Arteta's been here, he looks like a, he looks like a new man. He doesn't look like a clown anymore. <laughs> um, he's put in some good defensive performances. He's been leading the team you could see him today scotty said earlier he was leading the team talk at the start of the match it looks like he's passionate and in a, in a good spot at the moment enjoying his football so hopefully he keeps it up and doesn't grab people by the shirt in the box anymore <laughs> that's that's what i reckon like i reckon arteta's spoken to him about taking sort of like a leadership role in the, in the squad and um you know like sort of being a mentor to some of the younger players in the squad. Like, he spoke about that in his um, interview after it, how the kids stood up. And, you know, he's referring to them as kids. So, obviously, that's him taking, you know, his role in the team as a senior sort of player. And, you know, he touched on how they realise what it means to actually be an Arsenal player and what's re- required of them week in, week out to actually, you know, win yeah. games. So, I think it's good, eh? Like, so it's only one game. He's got man of the match. That's all well and good, but you know we talk about consistency all the time. He's got to keep doing it now, eh? That top, that top four spot is actually all about consistency, though. Like that, who wants to get the fourth needs to be most consistent. And that's been the problem for every team, whether it's Chelsea, United, Tottenham, Arsenal, yeah. even Wolves. And at the moment, it looks like everyone's scared of getting the top four spot. No one wants <laughs> yeah. it. They're just dropping points. Yeah. All right, I'm going to throw this stat at you, boys. In the um, last 31 games, United have taken 39 points. It's less than Crystal Palace and Everton, and same as Newcastle. It's, it's basically relegation form. But um, as unbiased um, fans for United, tell me your thoughts on Oli and that st- uh, statistic. Well, I haven't really watched that many of your games this year, so it's hard for me to sort of gauge you know, how you guys have been playing overall. But... Just based on it's the games I have, yeah. 
based on the games that I have watched and Manchester United as a club, being completely unbiased, you guys should be winning way more games than you are. Look at the squad you've got. Um, you should be winning way more games than what you are. So should we, but that's the thing. Well, there's so many teams in the league this year that are dropping points. They just yeah. shouldn't be dropping. Yeah, Look right. how shit Tottenham were to start the year off. Yeah. Like, they are in the Champions League final last year, for fuck's sake. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, that's my take on it, anyway. I, I think the, the problem that United have is they, they turn up in the big games when they have a big game mentality or there's individual brilliance from players that get them through and then they'll go and turn over Spurs and City and then the next week they'll go lose to Bournemouth or something like that and there's nothing consistent about it and I'm, I'm not... That's uh, us as well. Yeah, Arsenal's the same. I'm not a massive fan of Oli and what he's doing but I think it's, it's clear more and more that there's no kind of direction going forward because they, they have one or two games where they play well but over a period of two or three months you don't see improvement and i don't think it's going to change anytime soon but the i think the thing we both have in common is in the scheme of how it's gone wrong is ownership so you've got Cronky, yeah. we've got the glazers seems to be a money problem where it's just they want money not they're willing to spend money on the club it's more of an investment for them is that just are you just talking about players like they need or is that facilities? Because there's all there's talk yeah, about facilities too and stuff. He's run down. It's old and rickety. And sh- and no, they don't want to get rid of it, but they need upgrades. Like there was a there's a fam- oh, there was a video going around of the heavy rain and um, just a massive leak through the roof and that. Yeah. Like and they haven't spent any money. There's um, been rumours of having to get new desks in the office signed off yeah. um, the by the Glazers. A desk isn't going to go out and no, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm, no, but what I'm saying is, if they're worried about saving money on desks, then think about which what, a couple hundred bucks or max a thousand bucks, I don't know, for a desk. But when you're spending millions of dollars on players, that's that shows their mentality about their tight asses. Yeah, but you guys have never really been known for being a tight ass club. Like you guys spend money, you go out and get players in the transfer window. Compared to us, in um in in Fergie's book, he actually comes out and says like on average a season he like after spending and um selling and then buying, you'd only spend like five million a season. Yeah, and he always whether that's true though. No, he'd always know like you said he'd always know when to move people on. But his philosophy, his transfer philosophy was because Man United obviously was so good for so long. I was like, all right, they put it on him. They go, if we need. If I need a centre back, I'm going to buy the best centre back in the Premier League. If yeah. I need a striker, I'm going to buy the best striker in the Premier League. Mm. If I need a winger, I'll buy the best winger, and that's all he'd do. And then he, so he'd buy one good player, and then he'd just concentrate on youth. He might, he'd like bring some kids through or buy some young kids, and then develop them. And obviously, work. And then you're seeing our transfer policies change. Like when we had Van Van Gaal, um, Mourinho, we just spent huge, and we had we had superstars at the club, and it didn't work. And now it's changed again with Oli, sort of. Where he's gone, he's gone the youth approach, yeah. and we need, we do need more, we need more experience. With youth, though, yeah, you need stability, so yeah. you need those experienced players. Like when um, the class of '92 came through, they had uh, like a core of like um, your midfield was already Roy Keane, and they had um, Cantona up top. They just had a gun team, Bruce and Pallister at the back, like. They already had guns there. Like, yeah. that spine was so strong that when Giggs and Beckham came in, they could flourish. 
I think I think the problem United and Arsenal have is that there's no one on the board that is from a footballing background and that is really a problem. It's it's mainly like a financial thing and yeah. a perfect example with Arsenal is we moved stadiums in two thousand and six, for example, and Bayern Munich also moved stadiums. Now our board was just completely filled with people that were there for financial reasons. Mm. Bayern Munich, they had, they added our sponsors, all these people, but they had ex-German World Cup winners on the board that are helping them make decisions. And they, yeah. they win the league, they win Champions League. Arsenal and United, we just have people there that want to yeah. make money and revenue. And unfortunately, before this change has happened, they were run by Wenger and Ferguson who did everything. Yeah. And now that they're not there... They were the directors of they, footballs they as well as the managers. It's all no one. No one's there to make the decisions. And I saw they were saying they wanted um, Gary Neville to come in and be a director. Of oh, football. we've been linked with every single person under the yeah, sun for he, director he came of football. Out and turned it down because he said we need an expert, someone that actually knows what they're doing. Just touch in on the uh, transfer window. You United boys. You said obviously you need to get some depth in your squad. Yeah, Who, would you Who would you sign? Who would you sign? If you could, if you could sign one experienced player, like legitimately, that you can actually get. Madison Erickson, one of those boys. But yeah. if you need, exp- like, yeah, um, just one. Look, and then that that seat because this is all sort of around his theory that Pogba's leaving as well, um, and like that number ten role. We um, need, we need, actually need a whole seat. new midfield. Yeah, because you look, it's, it's Mick Tomney and Fred are obviously they're the two at the moment. But I don't think Fred is... Like, yes, he has played well and he's playing better. But you can still see in those moments he hasn't got the quality to, to do it, to, to dance with, with the rest yeah. of the big boys. Fair enough. Like, you're talking Manchester United here. That's why we got such high expectations. Like, look at our former midfield. Um, Paul Scholes, Rory Keane, Michael Carrick, like those players. It's just... And you look what you got now. Like, I've had this conversation with you, Johnny, and Mark before where it's like, you slating me about McTominay, but it's true. Like, I love McTominay. Great squad player. Great for big games like Man City and Arsenal games. So he can run around, put in those challenges. But when it comes to finding that final pass, like, just not that quality there. I think I think he can grow. His, his ceiling is a lot higher than anyone else. Yeah, I hope so. He's still only young. Yeah. And, you can see, and you're like, he's got a goal in him. And he's, he's just big and he's strong. Um, yeah, so I think... He's the man, but he needs a leader next to him. Because yeah, he definitely. Will be a leader in our club. But if someone is someone good next to him, he'll only get better and better. Um, uh, I was just looking at this. I was just thinking about before thinking about oh, our squads. Like, what do you guys need to do in January? Because I look like your front four. If Ozil tries, is, yeah. is would would be really good. From what we saw yeah. today, is then you got Lacazette up front, Aubameyang on the left, Ozil, and then Pepe on the right. But then, I know you got a lot of young kids as well. Do you guys yeah. like that's a great front four? Yeah. Front four. That's lethal. Where do you go? From so, what's your one signing, basically? Yeah. I think for sure we need centre backs. Like Anyone in mind? We, I like the look of that Booker Yakamo dude from RB Leipzig. I yep. think he's like 20, 21. He looks promising, but we need we need a younger guy that can sit in with Louise or Socrates and grow to be that experienced defender. Someone that's going to put his head into tackles, not be afraid to get on the ball. Potentially even two centre-backs we need, but that's definitely 
our biggest weakness at the moment because we're just leaking goals. Yeah, it's pretty much common knowledge, eh, that we need a strength at the back. Same thing, centre-backs. As for who we get in, like, realistically, I have absolutely no idea because, you know, all the, the guys that you'd love to get in are already with a massive club. Like, you're not going to... You're going to struggle to get it. So like, cool up the front, up the front at the moment, like, we're sweet. You've still got, like, Martinelli. Mm. He can come in. Um, obviously, Aubameyang and Lacazette are both playing well. It's just that, I don't know... Depending on whether we make the Champions League and how um, we go under Arteta, I think that's going to change in the future because we're going to struggle to keep... Like, there's already rumours that Aubameyang's going to go to Barcelona and I think we're going to struggle to retain um, Lacazette and a few of those other boys unless we can get into the Champions League. It's going to be pretty hard for us to do um, this coming season. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're not, like, mathematically, you can still make top four, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much impossible. So we'll wait and see what happens. But, yeah, definitely need some centre-backs so. there. Right, we're going to move on to a little bit of just general EPL chat now. Um, today, Chelsea uh, drew to with Brighton away from home after that awesome bicycle kick. I can't pronounce a bloke's name, so I'm not even going to try. Um, Tottenham lost to Southampton with Harry Kane going off with a hamstring injury and Wolves lost to Watford 2-1. Um, well, what are your thoughts on... The Chelsea and Tottenham, Johnny. I think I think people got a bit gassed about Lampard at the start of the season, and I think you can you can see that he's not as experienced as what people might think. He's he definitely has games where they turn up and perform, like the Arsenal game. To be fair, for eighty minutes we dominated the game, and then we just had two mistakes that cost us. But Chelsea weren't really in that game. Their home form has been shocking. You know what I liked about what Lampard did against you guys? He wasn't scared to bring off yeah. like someone early. Emerson, like sometimes I wish just Ollie had that um, lethal lethalness to him, where yeah. he just goes, "All right, you're playing shit. There's 20 minutes in, come off." Like, yeah, and I, I think as well they he put a lot of faith in the younger players, which is good. But so, I think sometimes they might need a bit more quality up front. Well, their their um, transfer bans ended now. Yeah. Um, do you think they'll dip in the market? Well, I saw that Giroud might be off to Rangers on a loan. Yeah, right. Yeah. Our best goal scorer of the last decade. Shout out Giroud. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they definitely need a, a winger or a striker. For Tottenham, inconsistent, but it's no surprise. They People, last year, everyone was carrying on about the Champions League final, but no one remembers that they lost 20 games that season. And no one wins the Champions League if they've lost 20 games in a season. It's just not... Devenzo, like yeah. give me your thoughts on Mourinho there. At Tottenham? Well, my thoughts on Tottenham overall, obviously a biased opinion is, like same with Chelsea, you want those clubs to drop points. If they're losing, it's better for us. But we won't say what Mourinho does. Like everyone's got their opinion on him. And, you know, his style of football... I personally don't like him and couldn't care less whether his team loses or not. But, he's uh, an entertainer, though. He's an entertainer, but, mate, he's managing Tottenham and every game that Tottenham loses is better for us and you guys, really, yeah. in the in the race to, you know, make top four and be a successful club. You know when your rivals to win, so... Can we just talk about his yellow card today? Yeah. He's gone up to the Southampton assistant coach while he's on the bench running in his notepad and he's just looking over his shoulder just going, oh, what are you riding in here? It's, it's, it's Absolute scumbag. It's a, it's a 
his take. It's a circus wherever he goes. It, it yeah. just makes everything about him. Yeah. It's, like, it's not about the club. You like, oh, you, we do. You do. You talk about Tottenham, but like more of the talk is about Tottenham is about Mourinho just because of his antics. I remember Rance saying, he goes, Mourinho, he comes to the club, he wins trophies. And he fucks everything up and then he leaves. That's pretty much exactly what he does. Yeah, but Tottenham don't win trophies. Yeah. A bit like you on a Saturday night. <laughs> exactly. Like a hurricane. Just come through, tear it up, leave. Think, Never to be seen again. I think the whole Mourinho to Spurs thing was definitely like a big bridge for both parties. I don't think Tottenham need him long term and I don't think he needs Tottenham long term. I think they were in a position where they have the biggest and newest stadium in the world. They need a class manager to come in and make things look pretty. And he didn't have a club. He wanted to stay to England, so he just wanted to get back into it. But it's going to end in a year or so once he yeah, has yeah. no money to spend and shit starts. Danny Levi's a tight ass too. I reckon yeah. they. I reckon they panicked. Yeah, they they were they panicked for sure. It's the wrong it's the wrong buy for them. It was quick after Posh as well, wasn't it? Like yeah, it, it was, wasn't a lot of they had a plan. It was all planned. It was planned. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they were linked to Nagelsmann from he's in Germany. I forget which. They Leipzig. He, is he Leipzig? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that would have been a good sign. But he's he's a very young manager, so Same Premier League is. They're gonna struggle again. Turn to Stug. Same. Talking about managers. I'll ask you this question. Obviously, Ancelotti's wages were pretty big when he went to Everton. If he, if Arsenal could have got Ancelotti for the same price they got Arteta for and paid him the same wage, would they have got Ancelotti over Arteta? I reckon they would have for I sure. Don't, I, don't I reckon. Think so. I think they were trying to get Ancelotti before. I don't think Arteta was their first choice. I, I think personally, I think Ar- uh, Ancelotti is wrong for Everton and Arsenal because. He's only been at big, big clubs that were at the top and he made their good players a little bit better. Whereas the Arsenal job and the Everton job, it's a rebuild job. It will be interesting, though. You're games regularly. You're going to draw games. And I don't know if he's ready for that. I'm glad he's back in the Premier League. It would just be interesting. Like it, It's funny, though. Like You wouldn't have expected Ancelotti to be managing Everton this time this year. And they're paying him massive wages. Yeah. Well, their um, owner wanted, wanted the um, glamorous... Manager, he came out and said that. It, it's hard to say that with that. Obviously, Arteta's well, he hasn't had a managerial position. Yeah. But I like. I think he, he looks like a better fit for Arsenal than Ancelotti does. The only thing I like about Ancelotti is he's the only fucking manager who still wears a suit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got Clark. You can't. Hey, all he wears a suit. He just wears a jacket over it. Like I said before, Mikel Arteta looks like he's going skateboarding. He's wearing. He's wearing Vans. Bring back the Wenger trench coat. <laughs> yeah, Vans and a, and a turtleneck. Sean Dyer surely wears a suit. Yeah, the dude's not even 40 yet. He just wants to stay young, man. <laughs> He's got a fresh approach. If I was manager, I'd wear a bloody suit. We had bloody... This, this is... Oh, we bloody played... Um, you didn't even wear shorts to school. Touch. Sam Truby was our killing manager for a game, and he wore a bloody suit. <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually? Did that actually happen? Yeah. Yeah, actually. That's so good. I'm so glad I wasn't there. <laughs> you know, I actually manage you guys next year just so I can wear a suit every Where Sunday. Rock up in sneakers, you won't last long. No, I was going to wear a uh, suit and sneakers. Not good enough. <laughs> All right. Um, Wolves have had a good start of the year, but they've dropped points, and Watford are back on the um, comeback trail. They're, um, they're only a point out of the relegation zone now. Um, Nigel Pearson taking them over. So the real question is, will Watford win the Premier League under their next manager? <laughs> what? That's easy. No. 
Well, because he did manage Leicester before Claudio Ranieri was there. And he saved them from relegation as well. So it's like basically the same boat. Johnny, you're better. You surely will say yes to this. I think for sure they can win. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon it'll be tight, but between them and Moisey's West Ham. 4-0 today, boys. West Ham, shout out Brucey. Good on him. Yeah, again, I reckon that's a band-aid managerial move, Moisey. Just... Well, they, well, they, they're 16, 22 points. That you've, you've seen what Moise has done every the last four, five, what four jobs he's had now. Yeah. Like so what, how does he keep getting a job? It's just like I said this before: the Premier League is just a hamster wheel of failure. That's why. That's why I like how going around and they just slap whoever else in. And that's why I like how Arsenal employed Arteta. Yeah. I, I'm always, I've always said that. Same with um, in the NRL. Why well, give old blokes a go that have like somewhat failed just yeah, give new blokes new ideas yeah. it's interesting to see like yeah but, uh, yeah Wolves are a funny one they're uh, they've got the same sort of idea as us like they that's uh, why they, they have a plan they took so many points from big teams they um, like they, they're good defensively they can sit back they can absorb pressure and then they can get bored but um, and that's why you see they've done it this year as well they've struggled to beat some of these small teams as well but um, what they did today, yeah, like they lost to Watford today. I guess, yeah, maybe you talk about the manager if they, they got a new manager. But they've done that. They did it last year as well, and they've done it. This, they, they've done the same thing. That's like, they're the same position. What are they? They're, they're seventh. But um, that's what that's what they do well. But you'll see, um, just they'll be, Wolves will be Wolves. They're not going to be top four, I don't think. They'll, all, they'll be top ten. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, having a good, they're having a good Europa League run at the moment. I think they got out of the group, which is good, but... Once it comes down to the business end of the season, there'll just be a few too many games in a short period of time, and they don't really have the squad to kind of keep on. Yeah, same with Sheffield as well. Yeah, I mean. what they've done is really good. And Chris Wilder and their—I oh, talked about it before their uh, their philosophy and they've really changed the game. But again, they won't—they'll be that same sort of position. Bournemouth relegation chance, yes or no? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, shit all year. 4-0 they got beat by West Ham, did they not? Yeah, this well, morning? And they, we, they, we went there three weeks ago and they beat us. Like, somehow, I don't know. Eddie, I like Eddie Howe as a coach, but, but he's Born, had them up for so long. God, he he promoted them three times in a row and yeah. kept them up. So I thought he would have been a good cha- a good shout for a next uh, manager job in the Premier League. Like, yeah. A bigger club. So that, maybe say. that's why, because they've been like mid-table. for They've been punching above their weight for three or four years now. But um, so that's probably why they've stuck with him, anyhow, and they haven't given him a sack. I don't think they should give him. He would. I reckon he would have been. Year, I reckon he would have been a good shout for West Ham, or in Everton, but they got Ancelotti, which is mm. probably a better shout. So it's interesting. You don't really see those those managers um get the chance really because yeah, the big like clubs are not going to pluck them out when they're already in a job. They can't get out of that contract. Yeah. Oh, if so if they, they if they really wanted if they if you Man United, Arsenal, or something really wanted anyhow, they could have plucked him. They could have. I think. I think the thing with uh, with Everton, for example, they they got Coleman from Southampton and took that risk, and it didn't pay off. That's why I think they wanted someone a bit more experienced to come in and try and lift them up again. But I think I like Eddie Howe. I like that he tries to play football against teams, kind of like Brighton at the moment. They're they're looking to try and hold possession, play attacking, but. I think they they don't have the quality to do that, and it's really hurting them at the moment. And they could potentially go down. Yeah, well, there is only six points between 11th and 19th. 
20th being Norwich on 14. Um, so, and there's, we're basically halfway, exactly halfway through the season. So, plenty of time for things to change. You never know, Norwich might have a 10-game unbeaten run. So, Yeah, I reckon that there's a reflection of, you know, the big six. They're pretty much scattered throughout from first to, what, 10th now? Is there yeah. anyone behind us? Um, it's more like a big two and has been for the last couple of years now. I mean, it's sort of good for the excitement of the league itself because it yeah. keeps it heaps open. But I think it's just um, it just proves how poor some of the big six have been, especially yeah, sure. in the last and season. Yeah, I, I have debates about this with United fans, Chelsea fans, Tottenham fans this season, but the reality is we are all so shit at the moment. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like in the scheme of world football, like against the other top teams, yeah. definitely. Yeah, this year, everyone should be on City's points, basically, by now. They've really underperformed. Even City have underperformed. Yeah, I will we'll actually touch more on Liverpool and um, City a bit later on yeah. because just talking about the lower teams. But, yeah, everyone should be in and around Man City and Man City have underperformed for their scale. Um, well, I, I saw a stat. I've told you boys about it already. But for our listeners... Actually, I haven't, I haven't heard this. I read this. I just read it then and I was blown away. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Messi and Ronaldo have scored 704 goals in the last decade. Oh, that's just so good. They have scored more goals than Man United and Tottenham, and they've scored the exact same amount as Arsenal. Their decade just gone. Messi has scored 50 or more goals in the last um, nine of his 10 seasons also, which is just nuts. Like, And Ronaldo's gone from Manchester United to Real Madrid to Juventus doing it in all three leagues, like three of the best leagues in the world. So the only one he hasn't conquered is Germany. Um, but that's a GOAT debate right there. But that's that. Like that's that point, eh? Yeah, I still don't think he'd score as many goals if he was playing with United this whole time, like in the Premier League. Oh, no, yeah. No. Nowhere near. But he's still got Same as Messi if he was in the Premier League this whole yeah. time. I'm not taking anything away from him. I still, I still, I think Messi is the best ever. But the goals record in the Premier League. I, I actually for think what one season? Yeah. How many? Thirty-four, I think. I do think Messi would not go as well in the Premier League as Ronaldo would. Just the physicality of it. Yeah, I think like you see when he plays in the Champions League, he still does it. Oh, that was all that yeah. good stuff. Oh, he hasn't scored against Yeah, Chelsea, but, but, but if, you, if you're going to Burnley at Turf Moor and they're throwing elbows and kicking you and stuff, yeah. is he going to be up for it? I would say yes. Yeah, I, w- I would but say yes, I but I still don't he think he'd have, be... Yeah, he wouldn't have the best, the best season. He wouldn't have 50 goals in a season. No, no, probably not. But he'd still do it. He'd, he'd turn it on. Because you've seen him. He does, he's done it for the last three, three. years against City yeah. and all that. And yeah. Absolutely carved them up. Um, yeah. Just so, quick. So here you go, story. My goat story. Yeah. So, so <laughs> me and my mate, we always um, we always tag each other on shit on Instagram about who the goat is, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we get we get quite a following about it. We're just there taking. <laughs> <laughs> and the other the other day, um, my mate tagged me in a photo that Ronaldo put up. It's a video of him running in a pool in his pool, and he goes, "Messi doesn't own a pool," <laughs> and he got like five or six likes on it. And then I replied saying. Goats don't swim. <laughs> <laughs> and it got like 20 likes from all these people. People are blowing up. There's so many fanboys on there. But yeah, we all know Messi's a goat. Yeah, he is. It is a very good debate though. For Who, who do you think is? Oh, Ronaldo. Those two. Do you think two, Ronaldo? No, I, th- I think they both bring different qualities somewhat to the game. Like where he's a bit more powerhouse. <laughs> 
Me- Messi is technically better. Yes, technically. But yeah, they've both got Messi. Yeah. yeah for sure. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being biased. Nah, but I just like him more as a all-round player. Yeah. yeah. And which players do you think are going to take over from those two? Those, those both, both around 34, 35 now. Who's got like, next? Who's got next? Mbappe is one. Killian. Is Vinicius Junior any good? Anyone know? Yeah, been talk about him. Sancho. Yeah, no one's really, nah. no one's really taken it by the scruff of the neck. No one's really emerged, eh? You know, like, like when Neymar was still at Barcelona, yeah. everyone was like, he's got to be the next big, the next big thing. Once Ronaldo and Messi go, he'll just be, he'll be top dog. But I don't know, I don't really think that anymore. Yeah, because he's playing in the French league. Yeah, that's yeah, it. It's, it's Farmer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, who I really, like, who I think is an unbelievable player, and who Mane? should definitely leave. Nice. Oh, yeah, you could call him that. Son. Yeah. Oh, done. Yeah. He's a I would, son, bro. I would like him way more if he pissed off from Tottenham as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> he actually is an absolute weapon, but he just plays for a shit club. I think I think Kevin De Bruyne, oh, if true. he was yeah. fit for a lot of his career... Yeah, he's a weapon, eh? Yeah, like yeah, he, he's, he's those runs he makes from his own half and just tears teams apart, he's so good. You know, um, De Bruyne actually has like the... Um, like a stat where it's he has the most turnovers in a game, um, loses the ball most. But, yeah, but that's but, that but when he's in, yeah, three assists yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So players that actually feed the ball in, they're gonna lose it. Yeah. So that's like just keep going for it, keep trying. Yeah. Um, all right. I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Schroeder because we're going to start, talk, start talking about Liverpool. He messaged me in the game when I was 2 0 down. He goes, Why do Man United even exist? <laughs> I just replied saying, Mate, you're about to win your first Premier League title ever. Ever. So I congratulated him and that was it. I didn't oh, hear yeah. back from him. But I'm so sick of Liverpool fans. They've won a few things the last year after being shit for the last 20. Yeah, they might have won one old Champions League title or whatever in there. But. You've been shit, so just pipe down, eh? Pipe down. It's like fully, they're fully deserved winners this year. Yeah. They're this year, but this, the sad thing is, like Liverpool are unreal. It's just that everyone else is like, even City have been shit by their standards. Like no one's given them a challenge. Will they go invincible though? Will they get the gold Premier League trophy? No, they'll stumble at some point. They can. Pardon? I still, they can though. They can, yeah. Yeah, for sure. They actually. They actually, I actually do think they're good enough to do it. I don't think they will, yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if no, it happened. Reckon, yeah, they can, and they've got the top, and they haven't looked like losing this year. Because of what we just touched on before, how bad the league is this year. Yeah, that's just, if they're gonna go through without getting beat, that's something that's a key aspect of it. It's really gonna help them. Like they can easily beat us. They can beat you guys. Like who's who's gonna really push them apart from City? Yeah, look, maybe they Leicester. City and they beat them three one. Well, they just beat. They yeah, they yeah they just beat Leicester four nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though that was three that, late goals. Yeah, in saying that, um, if even if like City were at their best, I still think Liverpool would would still be above at, like, the points they've got. But the how good's Klopp been for them? Like, and as as yeah. as soon as they got new owners, they went bang, like yeah. we're good now, like. And that's just what we were talking about earlier on, you know, the national owners. Like, it's just the leadership from the top. Everything's filtered down. Mm. And that's just how it is. Um, they've, Liverpool have taken 79 points from their last possible 81. That's like, that's, that's, that is, like, what's that? Since the last time they versed um, Man City last year, where they basically lost the league in that game, they were four points ahead. 
And then they've something like that. You talk about like decent Arsenal players leaving for another club. Like as a career choice, Oxlade Chamberlain going to Liverpool when he did was a smart move. Like look yeah. what he's done since. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I killed it. And I think they had, they bought him office for thirty million or something like that. It's a, I, mean, I thought he's been. I think he's been pretty good for him, eh? Yeah. He's definitely Despite worth what they spent on him. Well, so yeah. Fucking not that much in modern day football. Yeah, I think like the the good thing about Klopp, which kind of touches on the manager discussion before, you could see that after a year or a year and a half, there was improvement. And with Ollie, for example, or Emery, after that kind of honeymoon period set in. They dropped off the team weren't playing for them but Klopp every game even then even when they were playing shit they were winning 5-4 or 3-2 and things like that but then they made the right decisions they had backing from the board yeah. and they Virgil. yeah Virgil van Dijk came in Allison came in and it changed everything they did get lucky with Trent and Andy Robertson that was definitely um, a good move to go there but they've shown that the club backed Klopp completely and they're moving Exactly, that's what the difference is. Like you just said then, the board backed him yeah. and he said, we need to fix up our defence. And yeah. they went out and got their men and now they are the, the team that they are. You know what I mean? Like you can have a great manager, but if you can't if you can't get the backing of the board to spend the money and go out and get the players, how are you going to get better? You know what I mean? Yeah. They haven't lost at home since April 2017. Nearly three years. It's crazy. Well, they, let's not forget, Klopp also did lose. They <coughs> the first year managed, they lost four nil. Yeah, I forget who it was. Was it Arsenal? Someone might have been Man City or something. But they Tottenham, lo- Tottenham, Tottenham, like four one. Yeah, it was four nil. Like, yeah. and they they backed him. But the net the net spend since he's taken over is Pep has spent four hundred thirty two million net net spend at City. Yeah, Klopp sixty eight million. Yeah, well, spend. look at look at when. And that obviously is net spend, but the, the best decision they made was they knew Coutinho wasn't certain on Spain. So instead of running down his contract, which a lot of clubs are doing now, they said, you know what, you're going, get 114 from Barcelona, get Allison and Van Dyke for the total amount, and the net spend there was nothing. Arsenal, they had Sanchez and Ozil that were unhappy. Ramsey, and they just let them all run out, and they went for the club doesn't make any money you can't go forward it's like, I mean? it's like Pogba at United too like, yeah it's just move yeah, on sometimes like it's in January and even like you you speak about was it 2017 they haven't lost a home game yeah when Mourinho was at Chelsea I think he hadn't lost a game at home for like three seasons the last two when he first got sacked and then he came back again and you saw him then, and he was so angry in press conferences when they draw. And when he finally lost the game, there was that trademark press conference where he just lost the plot. And you look at him then and now, and you go, well, there's a difference. Like, there's no there's no passion. And look at Klopp now. If they ever lost a game at Anfield, he would be within the He shit. loves a little bar. Yeah. But if he drops points, it's just yeah. like, it's, it's funny how he reacts. Yeah. He's an absolute character, but Klopp, like I love him as yeah, a manager. Same. I love his passion that he shows. Irks me. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a. I don't know if you're a Liverpool fan, you'd love having him as your manager. How's when uh, Firmino scored his goal the other day? Ran straight to him, like didn't even have a second thought in his mind. I I'd, I'd take him at Man United, Klopp, but he'd have to change one thing. 
suit. You have to wear a suit. suit. He looks like he's just come from the gym. He wears the fucking tracksuit for Christ's sake. And he wears a cap. Why do you wear a cap? It's yeah. not sunny in Liverpool. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, you're living in England, mate. You're not wearing a cap, are you? Alright, let's, um, let's talk about VAR. How good's VAR been this year, boys? It's saved so many um, incorrect rulings. Yeah, it's, I like it. I like it. I like it. I'll tell you why. Because even though there's been a lot of close ones where... Like heaps of close it's ones. a bee's dick offside. Offside is offside. So that's it, really. And like penalties, and there's like penalties have been overturned that aren't penalties, and penalties that are penalties have been overturned. So you can't blow up anymore, and you can't blame. You can't say that's the rub of the green because I like it. There's be, there's been it. some a lot of missed penalties too, like that haven't been given. Where you just gone, how the fuck was that given? But that one was. Yeah. Like, and you just go and uh, just bemuses you, and then you just see the offside, and it's just like, is that actually offside, or is that just the angle of the camera with the lines? Like, yeah. it just it just well, doesn't seem right. They've, they've basically admitted that you can't. They don't have the cameras to get the exact angle completely right at the moment with the offside. Well, get the cameras then. They got the yeah, they, should, exactly. they shouldn't. They shouldn't have a VAR yeah. if they don't have the right cameras to yeah. prove whether you're no, on exactly. offside. But I think the problem is see like in nrl as well like the more the more technology you introduce you actually need people that can fucking use it properly because at the moment we've got gary out the back getting his uber <laughs> eats order <laughs> when we're checking for an offside and then i hang saw on, one, on, i saw one the other day i think tottenham and watford deli ali's jumped up with his hand up in the air and the ball hits him and they're not given that a penalty that's not in a natural position. Yeah, it still comes down to human. Yeah, exactly. That's human the error at the end yeah. of the day. It's like same like the bunker when, like, yeah. like how much of people lose without the bunker. Yeah. No, it's the bunkers a G up. Yeah. Like the bunker is meant to serve a purpose of correcting calls, but half the time they get them wrong. Yeah, they, obviously they not half the time. Over exaggerating, but yeah. it's just like the bunker is a joke. We won't touch on NRL. Obviously, we're talking about the EPL. <laughs> Everything in football today, right? One day when we do talk about it, you're going to hear some cussing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I think one of the, the biggest problems they have in England, which I don't know why they don't do this, at the World Cup or even in the A-League, the ref goes and looks at the TV screen and they don't do that in the Prem. So the, the guy in the bar should just say to the ref, go have another look, tell me what you think, and he can make the decision to override it. Yeah. Because no, one, no one's seeing it. The fans don't even see the replays yeah. at the game. And the ref is just that's listening to, to what they're saying, but you need to get someone in that's actually looking at the screen and seeing it firsthand. All right, we've basically talked about everything oh, that I've. Oh yeah, shout go. out to the Hyundai A League who uh, used VAR for pioneers. Pioneers, you know, I was just going to say we've oh, on my list. What I've got written down, and we've talked about everything. Is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you boys what you thought. Who you think will get? Young player of the year this year. I don't even know who the options are. Abraham, potentially. Wayne Bissaka. Yeah. Been good in the shit team. Well, Trent Alexander Arnold would get yeah. it over him, wouldn't he? Yeah. What? what? Oh, he's yeah, a freak. Let's. Let's quickly talk about Trent. Oh, he's a freak. What about you? Who do you think? Oh, sorry. Do you want to talk about Trent? Just, just about tell him. it. Just tell everyone how good he is. I hate it. Basically, if you have Trent Alexander-Arnold in your fantasy team, you're winning 
the top of the world. Have you got him in yours, Johnny? I did. So um, who's, who's in your league? I got Danny Ings, banging. No, but, so who do you verse? Just some mates from work. Just mates from work. Because yeah. we're, we're in a tipping comp. You're, um, you're coming third, I think. You're behind me in Spinks. I am coming like second last. I thought you... Oh. I'm going shit out. Oh, I want to add in there. Madison for mine, mate. Yeah, Madison as well. Ryan Madison. He oh. plays for the fucking Eels this year. <laughs> <laughs> James. James, sorry. Yeah, my shout is probably Tammy Agram this season for Young Player of the Year. Right. Before we get you off, what are, you, um, what are your predictions for um, Arsenal going ahead in the future? Uh, we just get top four this year. Will Arteta be there for the next five? No top four this year. It's a bit too late. Uh, I don't think that's our tip. Maybe. Yeah. That's possible. I mean, obviously, top four is mathematically still possible. But it'd um, it'd be a stretch. But, I don't know. You just got to give Arteta a um, transfer window to get some players in. Europa League. Well, if you base it on our last few years in the Europa League, we flopped. In the finals, we'll make it. We'll make in it in any the other finals, cups. But FA Cup, FA Cup, FA Cup, yeah. Oh, there's still heaps to go in the FA Cup. Yeah, though. but you, like you'll get some good teams dropped down in the Europa, so we'll struggle. We'll I, see how we I reckon Europa League. I don't actually think we'll win, even though we're probably the best team in it at the moment. I don't think we'll win it because I don't think Arteta's got experience in cup competitions yep. to win them. Top four and six. All I will say is football is a very strange game and things can change. In the blink of an eye. Teams can go on little runs where they win nine in a row. People are dropping points. So yeah. don't rule anything out. Yeah, Who no, have we got in our next Europa League fixture? Olympiacos. Yeah. Great team. Right. Um, now, uh, Devanzo. Hey, Sharky's going to go this year and where are you going to watch your games from now that they're at um, Jubilee? <laughs> I'll probably Nordies? watch I'll watch Manolis, yeah. The beers are cheaper and I don't have to go to that pit. <laughs> How are we gonna go this year? I think we're gonna struggle to be honest. Um it's dis it's a dysfunctional way of playing the game. You're not playing your home games at your actual ground. Um we I mean, Morris he I think he needs a little bit of time. We haven't really strengthened. We've lost a few players. Um we got a few holes that we need to fill before we become, you know, the side we were leading into the premiership year. It's it's hard to say. Yeah, that's it. I don't I don't really know whether that's a that's a good signing again. You know, the guy wanted to leave. He pissed off to the Knights for more money, um, and Nathan Brown wouldn't play him there because of his attitude. Whether that had to do with, said he was unhappy in Newcastle, or it had to do with just, you know, his personal view on the team. I'm not too sure. He's got he does have a talent um, to play well when he wants to, but it's just a matter of whether he will or not. I know there was rumours going around that we tried to get rid of a couple of players. There was rumours Moylan was going to go. Um, do, we tried to get rid of Dugan. I feel like we do need to cut a bit of the fat. Um, we've got a couple of young players coming through which are really good. Uh, Blake Braley. Um, Cherry had a good good year. He's just got to, he's got to learn a bit more, get a bit more um, consistent. But I really think we should have tried to move a couple of players on in the off-season. And I think... The club did, and it just didn't work out for him. Moylan was terrible. He was the only fullback in the entire comp that didn't score a try last year. He was <laughs> ab- no, he was he was he absolutely out for he didn't get one try. He was yeah, but he he still played. I think fourteen or fifteen yeah. games. No, no. He was he was <laughs> woeful. 
I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and that's just being completely honest. You know, I'm not over exaggerating that at all. I watched pretty much every single one of their games last year, and he was shit house. So unless there's a good attitude, I mean, Johnson was a bit inconsistent, but if he has a good season. Um, we all know that he's a talent, so we'll wait and see, mate. Chad's solid. Yeah. Prediction, I'll say top eight. We'll make we'll make the eight, um, but I think we'll just make the eight. All right, Johnny, uh, I'm heading down to Melbourne um, soon, aren't you? Or is that? Oh, you're not heading down this year. No. You usually go down for the tennis. To give us a little tennis preview, anyway. So 2020, the year of the actual goat. Coming in, <laughs> Rafa Nadal. Oh no, not him. <laughs> I thought you were saying my lookalike, Milos Raonic. The Kyrgios. No, I think <laughs> I think Kyrgios will do the usual, get to the third round and then lose to rank two hundred and thirty-five thousand. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, I think I think Djokovic is going to probably win the Oz Open. Nadal will win the French. That's twenty all with the Fed, and then U.S. Open. The game changes. Really? Yeah. You actually think that? Hundred percent. Just Here touching on tennis. Yeah. My favourite upcoming tennis player is Demon Orr. Absolutely love the kid. Can he make a Grand Slam final this coming year? No, we won't make one, he said. Not this year. I think I think he still needs a bit more experience because he doesn't have experience in quarters or semis. But he definitely, out of all the Aussies, he has the best attitude. He's really taken his chance and hopefully we can get some get some wins in the next few years. He's still pretty young too. He's Hopefully, he's got a bit of growing left in him. Yeah. Imagine if you could put his ticket in Nick Kyrgios' body. Because oh. Dimonor's oh. small, man. Like, he doesn't yeah, I know. Power. That's yeah. the thing. He needs... But so is Leighton Hewitt. He won, he won yeah. a grand slam. Imagine he a few push-ups. My favourite tennis player is Jeannie Bouchard. <laughs> Tell us why, though, Scott. I'd like to, I'd like Tell us the real reason. I'd like to say my favourite tennis player is also Jeannie Bouchard. <laughs> purely because of her backhand voice. <laughs> 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 Who's your favourite uh, female golfer? <laughs> Oh, well, that one, eh? Nah. Yeah. Shout out, Paige, you know. Follow her on Instagram. If, uh, <laughs> if, only purely because if you're an appre- appreciator of fine short game. Purely yeah. for her putting. And her putting <laughs> only. No and that's reason. it. It's got nothing to do with her yams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Thanks for coming on. Um, I know Johnny wants to get some sleep after his big few days. So, um, Devenzo's eager to get to Northies. And um, we're off to the cricket on... Is it tomorrow? So, well, I don't even know what day it is. You have to ask Brucey. He's booked like four different days. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us, lads. Keen to um, get back on again. Yeah, cheers, time. boys. Thanks, boys. Thanks for coming in. And go United. <laughs>